Hey, mamas. As a busy woman, wife, and mother, you know already that busy women get it done. And I'm wondering if you have checked out my Bible study course written just for you, a busy woman, an entrepreneur, a person who gets it done. We're looking at Proverbs 31 in the study. It's five weeks and it is a great little study. It's a good little course to get you propelled into forward motion. So if you have not checked that out yet, I would love for you to do that. Click the link down below or find it at kathylanham.com or over in the Productivity and Proverbs 31 Facebook community. Any one of those places will hook you up and get you started. And I, I can't wait to see how it impacts your life. So do me a solid and go over there and check that out. Today's episode is going to be full of practical, juicy, tactical tips on three conversations that are hard to have, but that you need to have with your significant other or for your support personnel, whoever it is that you do life with. So grab a beverage and let's get started. Hey friends, Welcome to the Productivity and Proverbs 31 podcast. I'm Kathy Lanham, your host, your mentor across the airways, if you will. I'm a mom of five, former teacher and top 2% company leader. Now I'm a coach, a podcaster, and a business strategist. Stick around if you're a Christian mom with some big dreams, a messy bun, and sweatpants. You might feel all the guilt, but you refuse to be a Pinterest perfect mom. You live in your car and reheated coffee is a staple. If chaos is usually rampant and you'd like some practical tips on how to grow a business, grow in your faith, and get some control with an occasional date night thrown in as a bonus, hang around. Because as we grab these few minutes together, I want to help you keep growing in your faith, build a business that lines up with your God-given gifts and talents, and make memories of a life you love. So reheat that coffee and let's get started. Okay, there's three hard conversations you need to have with your significant other, especially if you have children. Ideally, it's before you have children, but especially if you have children. Now, the first one's a bonus. I'm going to throw this out. I didn't even count it in the three. I could have said four hard conversations, but I'm not going to dial it back because this one is paramount. This is foundational. It's the one that is the way that you choose to operate. And that is, where are you in your faith? I'm going to repeat that one because if you didn't have any biblical counseling before you got married, this is probably something that was totally overlooked. You just were having a great time. Life in the fast lane was fun and it's just the two of you. You can go do what you want. Your money is your own. There's no other little obligations to meet. There's no little children hanging on to your leg. There's no extreme fatigue. There's no sleepless nights. Life is good. It's just the two of you against the world and you've got love and that's enough. And then you find out, that it's not. So your faith, what is your faith? What do you believe? What are the tenets that you believe? What do you practice your faith together? Do you pray together? Do you have a time where you study God's word together? That is the base on which a solid foundation is built. The Lord says a cord of three strands is not easily broken. He's including himself in that. And the way that the Lord has designed the family is that he is the head and under him is the husband and under him is the wife and the wife is to respect her husband and then the husband is to protect and love the wife. And if we get that messed up and everybody's just looking out for his own interests, then that becomes a problem. The other thing that's important about sharing your faith is how will you raise the children? These are conversations that you can't wait until they're here and seven years old before you go, oh yes, we need to talk about this. So this is a conversation I really encourage you at whatever age your children are that you get on board and that you're on the same 
page? How will you practice your faith? How will you use your spiritual gifts? How will you serve the Lord? Now, if you don't know what your spiritual gifts are, I have a podcast on that, so you can check that out. If you're not sure that you're walking in faith together, Five Days to Faith, that's a Bible study that I have, super simple very affordable. Click on the link below and grab that so you can maybe do that together. Maybe that would be a good catalyst for the conversation, a good starting point. But how will you use your spiritual gifts? Where will you serve in your community and in your church? What are you doing with what the Lord has blessed you with? Are you tithing? Are you helping others? So those are conversations. And if you're on very different pages of that book, or maybe you did at one time go to church together, serve the Lord together, you seem to share the same faith and now you don't, then that's why the conversation becomes a hard one because you have to get around to that and you have to work on that together. And I will encourage you, if you're a wife listening and your husband is an unbeliever, that um, there's some instruction for that and there's some help for that. And no, I'm not going to say you should just get divorced because the Lord doesn't want you to be unhappy because the Lord doesn't say that. He says that you should win them without a word. How hard is that, right? But it's in 1 Peter chapter 3. And in 1 Peter chapter 3, it says, in the same way, you wives, because it's talking about if you look up above disobedience, in the same way, you wives, be submissive to your own husbands, not other people's husbands, but your own husbands, so that even if any of them are disobedient to the word, unbelievers, that they may be won without a word by the behavior of their wives. That's a pretty heavy charge there. So I'm going to give you 1 Peter chapter 3 for you to mull over and to dissect. Being of the same faith and practicing the same faith is so important. But moms, I will encourage you, if your husbands do not go to church and do not care if you go, that is a great place for you to be the model that stands in the gap for your children. Take them to church and be that model that shows them faith. Because in 2 Timothy, we see that it was his mom and his grandmother that gave Timothy such a strong faith. So you can do it by yourself. Not optimal, but let me just say, I want to encourage you to do that if that's the lot that you have and that's where you are. So your faith, you want to serve the Lord together. It's the foundation. Number two, this is one of those things that I see causes so much division and upset and hurt and trauma in a marriage. And that is when you have unmet needs, unrealistic expectations and unmet needs. This is a conversation that goes both ways, understanding each other's needs, because those needs do not change when children come into the equation, they just become a little harder to meet. And one of the reasons that I'm addressing this one is because I certainly do not have this, even today, mastered. Because it's tricky when you have to make yourself vulnerable and you explain to somebody that you really need for them to do this and such when they feel like they are already doing their part or more than their part. But I do think for open communication, it is critical that you're able to tell each other what you need and to express that. Just very practically, if we look at just a few things, We can look at needing help. Now, when you're needing help is an easy one because it's obvious, right? You are worn out. You're exhausted. You are trying to do it all. And you're used to being able to manage a large caseload or to do a lot of things independently on your own. You don't need help. But now all of a sudden you find yourself in a position where you could use some extra help. But prior to children, you might have gotten into roles where you're doing this, 
your husband's doing this and never the two shall meet because it worked because it was just two of you and it really didn't matter if something got done on a specific timeline or not. But now you find that that's not working so well for you anymore. You need a little help with folding the clothes, with doing the laundry, with doing the grocery shopping. Maybe it's that you cannot keep the kids off the floor long enough to mop it or to vacuum. Whatever it is, physical needs like help, emotional needs like a break or a rest, spiritual needs like prayer or Bible study or him keeping the children or her keeping the children. But while you go and have a break and you have some spiritual nourishment and refreshment for your soul, maybe it's in the area, if it's a husband looking at a wife or vice versa, maybe it's in marital relations, having sexual fulfillment that you just don't ever feel like you're up to doing. Practically, it could be affirmation. You're feeling criticized because you don't keep house as well as you once did. Maybe you don't look like you did. You don't fit in those clothes that you did pre-baby and you already feel bad about that and you're getting criticism or little cutting comments that aren't kind. Criticism is never God. I learned that from my babysitter years ago. She was much younger and she said, criticism and sarcasm are never godly, Miss Lanham. And man, did that cut me to the quick because I used to say sarcasm was my own personal brand of humor. It's not. It's not funny. Sarcasm makes fun of a person at their expense, so it's never godly. Those are the things that you have to gently point out, that it's really hurting your feelings. And then when you get that, oh, I was just joking. You say, I understand that's how you meant it. That's not how I took it. That's a great phrase. I I took it as, or I felt as if. Those are good transition words or I am statements that do not blame the other person, but help them to understand that you have that as a need. Affirmation is another area we kind of don't recognize that we need, or we don't realize that that's what we're needing from our spouse or significant other, that it's hard hard to put into words. So when you can verbalize that and and share that need, that you need the affirmations, you need tenderness. You need for them to do things with you and for you. That's important. Another need is to speak their love language and to have them speak in your love language. Often we give in our love language, but it's not received because the love language of the person that we're speaking to is different. So when we express our needs, we're expressing and we're meeting needs in the love language of the person that we're speaking to. Now, if you have no idea what I mean when I say love languages, it's a classic Christian book by Dr. Gary Chapman. So you can look that up. It's online. There's there's all ways to find out your love language, your husband's love language, your kid's love language, your teenager's love language. That's pretty easy to tap into. And counseling may be a need that you have. Maybe you've let your problems simmer and boil and you've stuffed them down to the point that you're ready to explode. The only option you see is divorce. Well, there are a lot of great resources out there that do not include spilling every detail and every problem to your mom or to your best friend or to the people in the office. That's not the place to put that. That's defiling your marriage bed. We don't take sexual issues and behavioral issues to folks that are going to have a relationship with this person because it influences them. You need a trusted counselor. You need an event like a weekend to remember. Your resources need to be trusted counselors, trusted individuals who are going to keep that sin between the person that's doing the sin and yourself or to keep those problems quiet so that you can then 
restore and work on them without judgment and helpful advice from others. So your needs. That is a hard conversation. It's hard to be vulnerable. It's hard to be honest. And it's hard to admit that you need help. But that is a huge conversation I want to encourage you to have. The second hard conversation that you need to have are your finances. Now, this is almost a no-brainer. But finances cause so many issues because it's not talked about. And we assume or one person's assuming debt or one person's not pulling their load. However, we want to put that in there. Finances can be a huge issue. There's lots of resources online, budgeting, getting things out in the open, getting help. If you've gotten too much into debt, getting some uh, debt counseling, credit counseling. But it's it's important that you discuss who is going to pay the bills, who is responsible for what. How will we spend our money? Because what one person values, another person may not. How much is it okay to spend without checking with the other. And when we were first married, it was $50 because we we were using that the debit machine like nobody's business. And we were each drawing money out and neither one knew what the other one was doing. And we were overdrawing and we had quite the mess until we got a handle on that. We did some financial counseling and we got some financial freedom there and we actually worked to be debt free. But we did that together. We had that conversation and we did that as a plan. Even in that, even working to do that, we still had some issues that we had had to work out. And then wise and unwise investments. Maybe you have one partner that wants to invest all your money in the stock market or wants to buy rental property or wants to or wants to go into a direct sale industry and wants to buy all of this inventory or maybe sees the future as cryptocurrency and went and wants to deposit large amounts of money there or just simply wants to invest in a golf game every night or every other weekend. Those are conversations that you need to have. What is a baseline? What, where are you going to spend your money? And it's not a matter of having permission. It's a matter of being on the same page, of having open communication. Another super, super important detail in the area of finances is that you are both informed. Even if numbers are not your thing, I am the queen of that. This afternoon, actually, we're going to a financial planning meeting with our financial advisor because I have no clue where some of this stuff is and I need to get on board. I need to be a better steward. But we never know what what will happen tomorrow. We're not promised tomorrow. Just here in our community, I'll give you a practical example. We had a terrible accident where a plane crashed and two business partners died at the same time. Well, their plan to take care of their spouses was but that should anything ever happen to me, Joe over here will take care of you. And Joe said to his wife, well, if anything ever happens to me, Sam will take care of you. Well, Joe and Sam died together and their wives, Eileen and Ellen, were clueless. They're left with all of the grief, their children to raise now as single parents, all of the burial expenses and costs, and two very different large businesses with contracts that are out and folks that are expecting work done and things delivered. People owe the money and they are clueless. That may not be your situation, but you don't want to have an unexpected surprise like that because we are not promised tomorrow. So you want to be wise with your money. And then how will you teach and train that to your children? How will they be good stewards. And ultimately, we want to be good stewards of our money. We want to be faithful in that. And the Lord says, he who is faithful in little can be trusted with much. So our finances are a place that do not have to cause friction, but we do sometimes have to have those hard conversations in that area. The third area, if you already have children, you know, but kids, how shall we raise them? Most of the time, our upbringings, they could be similar, but we may be very different. Maybe one 
of you comes from a family that was loud and yelled, that would be me, and got over things very quickly. Discipline was enforced and went full force where in your family, maybe a voice was never raised and things were never talked about and things were swept under the rug. So that's very different. How will you as a couple parent your child? Faith is another very important thing that you have to agree on, or if you don't have to agree on, you have to have the conversation about it. How will you raise the children? Will they go to Awanas? Will they go to catechism class? Will they go to communion? Will they go to Bible drill? Will they go at all? Will they go to Sunday school? Can they go to vacation Bible school? What faith do you want to practice? What denomination? What religion? Where are you going to practice out your faith? That's an important question. Is it okay if you go along? Is it okay? Is it going to cause a problem if you go? And then in your rules and your discipline, I already mentioned this one, but but in your personal family, what are the rules that have to be obeyed? What are the things that are all right? What is the leeway that you allow? Just had a great conversation with finances, discipline, and then this leeway conversation with Katie's at my work. Your opinion based on how you were raised yourself, how you were reared, and the guidelines that you were given, and how you have come to faith, where in that span of time you came to faith will determine what is okay for your kids to watch. What is okay for your kids to do? Should they have a cell phone? Should they not? Should they be left alone in an early age to fend for themselves? Should they not? Should they mow the grass? Should they not be entrusted with that? Harry Potter, do you read it? Do you watch the movies? Do you not? Game of Thrones, does that cross the line? If so, what made the line? Having those conversations about what you will allow and not allow are super important. And another thing that's important is that you define your terms. I'll give you a funny on this one. We had one girl and four boys. When it came time to talk about the birds and the bees, I, of course, had a girls weekend and we had conversations with my daughter. When the boys came along, I obviously felt it was my husband's responsibility to do that. Well, I didn't define that. So much to my horror and surprise, he went into way more detail. And that's all I can say since little ears may be listening. He went into way more detail than I felt was necessary for a young child to know. And then when he's sharing this with me. I'm like dying. And then we have this fight because he, I entrusted it to him. I felt like he had broken my trust. How could he do this? What was he thinking? He's like, you're overreacting. What are you thinking? So it's really good that you define your terms when you are having discussions about the kids and what's allowed and what's not allowed. Schooling. Oh, is this a huge one? I'm going to do a whole episode on this, but schooling. If you were homeschooled, maybe Or if your husband was homeschooled, maybe he feels that the kids need to be homeschooled. And you're like, nope, I did not sign up for this. I have a career and I'm going back to work. They can go to public school. Maybe you both feel private school is the best option or a charter school. Maybe it's a hybrid of those two things. So these are conversations that really you need to have way before it happens. Don't decide in the moment what you're going to do, but decide beforehand. And if you set that as your intention, It's always fine to change your mind. It's always fine to back up, punt, pivot, change direction, and do something different. But it is important that we have the hard conversations so that we don't let differences of opinions or ideology come between us and have Satan use that as a wedge. Even in our own families, with our kids, the way we talk to our kids, treat our kids, treat each other, express our needs, don't express our needs, spend our money, don't spend our money. All of that can be such small little things, but huge knives when wielded by the expert of dissension, 
say. So do not let that be a characteristic of your life or your family. Just don't be anxious for anything, but by prayer and petition, present your request to God in everything. Present your request to God so that you can have the peace that passes understanding and it'll guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. It will allow you to have a family and a marriage that reflects the Lord to the world. And these are just some things I wish I had known back in the early days when I was doing it all myself or I had the attitude in the heart of I'll just do it myself. I don't need your help. And then getting mad because I didn't express my needs and I didn't get help. So hopefully this has been a practical and tactical application type podcast. Do you need to have some of these hard conversations starting with faith? Where are we in our faith walk? Where are my needs? Are your needs being met? And that's sometimes the question, asking the question, are your needs being met? Honey, I'd like to know more about our finances. Or let's talk about the kids and what we're doing in this area. And with that, I pray that you'll be a blessing to others because when you're a blessing to others, you can't help but be blessed yourself. Until next time, this is Kathy. Take care. Hey guys. Real quick, I hope this episode was a blessing to you and that you learned a nugget of truth, got a laugh, or had something that you can share. It would be such a blessing to me if you would go over to iTunes and leave me both a starred and a written review. I would love to be able to read some of those reviews online and that pours into my ministry and my work so much. In addition, if you want some of our free things, that's found over at kathylanham.com. I'd love to connect on social media. DM me at at kathylanham. That's my handle over on Instagram. So until next time, go be a blessing to others. Because when you're a blessing to others, you can't help but be blessed yourself. Take care.